And we have just had the final group conversation of the third season of Thank Espion with Helena Roth with Mandel, Luke, and Kate. And Mandel had to jump off the call after an hour. Um, but that didn't deter us, you can say. We continued for another hour and 15 minutes. So <laughs> just this, it is fun how, how meandering is such a, um, a part of this, even when there is, a, um, a sort of a, a, of an agenda because there is to these group conversations, but heck that never stopped anybody from meandering a bit. No, it feels kind of kind of redundant to have an agenda with with the people that you invite to the pod. Sort of, I I've I haven't spent that much time coming up with what we're gonna speak about, but but it's still sort of like showing up to a presentation and the teacher says you're not gonna present on this topic anymore. <laughs> you're gonna speak about this completely other thing and just deal with it. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. It is. It's it is fun. And I do like it's like we have anchors in these group conversations. There's there's an anchor of before, there's an anchor of jury, and there's an anchor of after. And then what happens mm -hmm. between those anchors shifts very much. But the anchors are what separates these. Um, and like, For sure. like I touch upon several times in this conversation, getting, getting mirrored from, from the other people who I converse with in these seasons is very, it's very rewarding to, yeah. to, to hear it and to, to take in and to be nourished by. So, for sure, yeah. Jump, yeah, well, jump in. Another, another meandering conversation to. To enjoy. Yeah, let's leave you to it. Everybody, it is so great to see you all here, and I want to introduce Caspian to you, who will be our gracious host today. <laughs> gracious host? I have to be yeah. graceful? Well, you are always great. No, you're not really always I'm graceful. But often, yes, you often are. Often to me, you are. Or at least I experience you that way. Maybe that's more on me than on you. Um, <laughs> more on you. Probably. Well, hi, but everybody. you will be a host at least. You will be kind of chaperoning us through this. I will. I will. So what we've done for the others and for, for all of these group uh conversations, the the order that Helena put into me, um saying do you want to host these this is what i want to talk about is the experience of having been on the podcast uh, and 
what we've done previously is to to sort of talk about it chronologically um in a sense of what did you think before uh how was it experiencing it and what do you sort of what have you gained from it what do you take with you uh, or bring with you from having had these conversations um sort of briefing you on on where we're going and then of course it's um you've all been part of this podcast you know the meandering of of being close to Helena uh conversations go on tangents that's completely fine but but that's sort of my my uh, art uh, so that you know great nice um so what I'm, I want to start at the beginning sort of um what how did it feel what did you think um what were your first reactions um and what did you expect loads of questions pick pick and choose from from any of them um all of that when Helena asked you to to come on the podcast <laughs> i guess the first one wh why me uh not not that you know i don't think i have interesting things to say but you know I, oh i'm coming on this podcast i don't have a whole lot of followers i don't have a whole lot of work published you know why it was, it was sort of mm, this cautious sort of curiosity definitely that's nice. I remember thinking, what am I going to talk about for five hours or 10 hours as it turned out to be? What on earth are we going to talk about? Like, how, how can it be that I'll ever be able to have something of value for that long, especially without a plan? Obviously, you can't plan for something that someone, ha you know, when there's no um, expectation set, there's no way to prepare. Not that I am a big preparer, but I still thought, holy crow, 10 hours. <laughs> Where's this going to go? And what if, I, what if I babble incoherently? That's always the worry, too. <laughs> what if I disclose all my most intimate secrets? Can That's happen. kind of how it goes, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret, secret sort of uh mission of Helena bringing on people who who just disclose their innermost secret and she records it yeah the CIA Black program <laughs> <laughs> exactly okay hold on just a second I'm just gonna mute myself and I'm listening but I have to go and um hang up string up a teenager by his ankles just continue on please I love how both Helena and Luke were like, yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> that's totally. what you do to teenagers. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Regular Thursday Ooh. morning, afternoon. Uh, so for me, um, at first I was excited because uh, Helena and I were in a workshop together with Akimbo, and it had been a while since we really got to speak 
on that level. And she was definitely one of my favorite classmates because we were always on calls together and she was always uh, doing these creative noodles of the calls. And I started to look forward to her recaps. So it was exciting. And it was also a time when I was being asked by friends to be on the podcast and asked to start a podcast. And so when Helena uh, shared her format, I thought, oh, now this is different. This is not like every other podcast. This is something that I would actually do if I wanted to speak to people that long and that often. But I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great idea. And so I was excited uh, to be a part of it. That's nice. Eliana, did you have any, do you have anything to add to it? Because I know, I know that all of these conversations are, or all of your conversation partners are carefully sort of put together into a, into a season. You put a lot of effort and thought into who to invite. I don't know that I do. You do. I think I'm I, much I, I more impulsive do. than that. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, I think that the, the vetting that I do do is having had conversations with everybody that I ask. So I never, I so far haven't asked anybody who I haven't had at least a half hour conversation with, um, because I want to. I want to know that there is a meandering that's possible, kind of that it's it's like that conversation. It's a little bit like weaving. It's like, do the the threads just stop? You know, if it's like, then it won't, it won't work. It won't flow. Um, but it's also, to a large extent, I mean, Mandel, it's it's almost two years ago since we first met up um, in the story skills workshop, and then we met up again in I don't know February or something. Well, a, kind of a year ago, and I listened to a pod because that that was when you became active on LinkedIn or a little bit active on LinkedIn. And Mandel shared a podcast that he'd been on. And I listened and I just went, oh my God, his voice is just stellar. I love listening to Mandel's voice. So, and and I reached out, you reached out, I don't even remember. And we had a call and it was just, oh yeah, I'm going to ask Mandel. Um, Luke and me met up on, on, on Twitter, which is what me and Kate also did. You found me on Twitter, I think, Kate. Um, so it's like, there's many things that kind of come together. Um, but I, I never really, so far, I haven't been the best at thinking about how do I grow my following? How do I make sure that I max out on the, the people who will listen? How do I get some high profile, uh, person right who will really make it take off it's like that's i'm starting to think of it after caspian gently nudged me after the first season and said maybe you can at least think about people who are a little bit active <laughs> who aren't you know kind of totally off 
the online game in a sense. It's like, yeah, I, I might think <clears throat> about it a little bit. Um, that's not that's never saying, been the... Let's, let's yeah, leave it there. It's, it's never been yeah. the main aspect. The main aspect is always, oh, these are people I would like to spend 10, 20 hours with. Um, and I think that needs to be there because of the way the, the setup is. Hmm. It's always such a balance of, of um, followers and quality of conversation. Those two things are obviously not remotely connected. And of course, we met on Twitter and then I vanished from Twitter. Because, I mean, I'm still there, but I'm never there. And um, But there's that expectation when you're in some form of art that 50%, or honestly, sometimes I feel like more of your time has to be spent doing the art and the other 50% has to be spent promoting the, the, the trying to drum up some kind of cult of personality on Twitter or on Instagram or something like that and using ha the right hashtags and, and, and doing this and even doing something like a book proposal now as an author, when you submit to publishers, they wanna know what's your Twitter following? How many followers do you have on, on Facebook? How many, how many followers do you have on Instagram? And let's add it up. And it's this horrible sort of um, entirely quantitative, but ultimately hollow way of judging um, not so much the merit of the art, but um, how, you know, what else are you bringing to the table? It starts to feel like an old timey gangster hustle, <laughs> like, like a protection racket of some kind, like, like an old mob thing that they used to run, you know, like we'll, we'll, we'll protect you. And they're actually, there's something there that's a parallel for me about, you know, that you, what you, you can't just bring art to the table you also have to bring audience to the table. And, and that's, that's a huge a uh, point of crankiness for me in in a way, but but I also totally understand it at the same time. So it's tricky. It would be the same in creating a podcast. You know, in terms of do you get bigger names that that perhaps have already had that conversation a thousand times and aren't fresh themselves, or do you go for people who are going to be open to truly wandering because they're not really actively marketing you know it's 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 an interesting tightrope to walk and you can buy followers it's not even really that good <laughs> yeah. of a metric um it's 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 kind of more like how engaged is your following you know it, like you could have a thousand followers but if you only have 50 people interacting then like you know you could have somebody with 150 or 200 followers who has a lot you know potentially all of those followers interacting and so but that's also a lot harder to judge from just you know a quick glance so yeah yeah exactly but then that is interesting possibly i'm kind of preempting the game here but that's what's been so thrilling for me this time where the three of you have all in your own ways, all on your own kind of place, been reflecting back these 
podcast episodes to me by sending them out into the world. Uh, Luke has done little Twitter reflection threads. Um, Mostly summaries. Yeah, yeah, precisely. It's like little summaries of this is the takeaways from from each episode. And you, Kate, you've put a, a blog post up for each of them with these funny little photo uh, kind of sessions of our face, our animated conversation, which you can really tell from the photos. And 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 you, Mandel, have also been sending it out into the world on Instagram and stuff. And it's been such a, it's been such a pleasure because I hope for that, but I don't expect it. So getting it from all of you has been this fantastic gift that just thrills me to pieces. And it's so much fun to, to, see somebody else kind of do a little bit somebody else who is the other part in the meandering conversation do that thing because i do that when i when i write the episode description for each of them uh and when i kind of you know i pick out the snippets and stuff and then i don't really do much with them but a little bit um so it's it's really fun because that's also to me that's it's like you say, Luke, that also tells me that you're engaged in this. Um, so it it gives me a sense of, yes, this is not just, okay, I'm just going to spend five times with Helena and that's it. But it's like there's something happening and I get to see this little, it's like a fruiting body. It's like the the fruiting body of the mushroom. You know, you have the mycelium, things are happening, but to actually see it's like, whoops, they're a blog post. <laughs> it's like, whoa, so cool. Um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been really wonderful. I've loved these. And you just said um the idea of hoping but not expecting. And where my brain immediately went was, isn't that the practice of trying to be a graceful human? That ultimately there has to be that that um, friction between hope and expectation. How do you have one without having the other? And they feel so closely intertwined. So that feels like uh, that feels like a a metaphor for me at the moment. That's a really interesting take. I've never thought yeah, about one... any any connection between hope and expectation. Come on, you've yeah, known me you need... for forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think hope taught, is all about you, you faith. Put out so much content, I can't listen to it. It's everything. in the book, even. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, mm -hmm. great. Yeah, it feels like hope is about faith, and ultimately enthusiasm and optimism and, and the ability to constantly renew oneself despite inevitable struggle and disappointment and loss. Those are all good things. And expectation just feels like, yeah, like it's just trouble, you know, yeah. like it's trouble waiting. It's, it's going to mess with your head, you know, yeah. if you, if it's, 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 it's going to make you game. cling too tight. It's going to make you lose a sense of gratitude and perspective. It's going to inevitably disappoint you. 
it's going to leave you feeling kind of empty all the time to, to, because of course an expectation is, you know, going to get crushed one way or another. You're never going to kind of meet every expectation. It's kind of an impossible game. And when you do meet them or when somebody else meets the expectation you've put on them, it's like, well, you know, I expected that. So, so it's like, it's this zero sum game. And I actually have to say, I don't know if it's in the book. I think it's in the book, but I've written about it several times at least. Um, yeah. About expectations and, and kind of turning them either into an agreement or, uh, or into a hope. Um, that's, yeah. that's the way I see it. Either I actually, it's like, okay, we need to get clear on what's going on here so that we know, uh, both of us, or I kind of upgrade them to the right or to the left. Either they turn into an uh, agreement or into a hope. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think hope is easier to recover from if it doesn't happen than expectation is. That's the whole point. It's like when it's hope, it's like it's that I'm I'm loose in it. I I'm not yeah. invested in it. I don't because when I expect shit, I expect. And when it doesn't happen, uh, you know, but hope it's like when it does happen, wow. Um it happened. Um and if it doesn't happen, you know, I have fun in the meantime anyway. So it's really common to hear. I remember a friend of mine who said they went to the theater to look at a musical, I think, and she reverted back to me and said, oh, it was good, you know, but I had great, I had high expectations. So I was a little bit disappointed. And I, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why don't you just stay with it? Wow, it was good. Period. You know, do you have to? But I had heard so much about it. So I had... Yada, yada, yada. And then you kind of lose the, you lose the fun part of it. Yeah. I feel like I've always had an, an innate strategy in life to try to go into everything with deliberately low expectations. Uh, but then I worry that I'm dabbling in, in pessimism and chronic pessimism, that I'm just a big black cloud. <laughs> But I love that feeling of like, of of thinking, you know, I was expecting nothing from this or I was expecting a disaster and I actually was bad. I had a great time. So yeah. as opposed to the reverse. So maybe it's pessimism. Maybe it's uh, something else. I don't know. My high school English teacher had us read Moby Dick and was very uh, insistent that the message was, you know, don't be compulsive like Captain Ahab, where you have to have one thing that you're chasing and you have this expectation and you have to put everything into it and you have to get this one result. <laughs> and that, um, you know, you should be like Ishmael, where you're, oh, I don't know, I'll just go on this ship. I'll just go on this trip and we'll see what happens. And, and you know, yeah, yes, and. Yes, and I will. Yeah, you're right. Uh, give this a try and give this a go and oh and you know and and apparently the fact that he's the one who survives is is important because he's also the one who had no expectation for the situation so I don't know that was his reading and I do I do like the reading um, but I, I do think that there is something to that that um, if you have 
lower expectations, you are far more likely to uh, be pleasantly surprised. I think what's interesting about expectations, I was listening to a podcast recently about um, the topic was marriage. And one gentleman was saying that he was actually about to get married. And he said in his research, he found that finances is the reason why most people get divorces. And the gentleman that he was speaking to, who's been married and is a marriage counselor, was saying, well, actually, it's not finances. It's uncommunicated expectations of finances or whatever else it may be. So his theory is that people get divorced for one reason only. It's uncommunicated expectations. Mm -hmm. So whatever you expect, you don't get. And uh, Luke, the, the point you just made made me think about when I travel. I often don't travel with, I mean, I have expectations I'm going to have fun, but I don't make this like crazy itinerary. And I don't say like, this is supposed to be the greatest trip in the world. I go open-minded and every single time it's like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. It's almost because I wasn't planning to, for that. It just happened. So I'm spontaneous in how I travel. I'll go down any alley or I'll take a suggestion from a, from a local whatever and it turns out that i'm fulfilled on every trip so uh, expectations they they always play a, a huge part and to uh kate your point about you know having low expectations i think some people they play with the game of like self-sabotage like oh if i if i keep the low expectations i won't <laughs> i won't be hurt if it doesn't work out or if it doesn't plan out or something like that so it's mm -hmm. like this this little dance that we have to play with ourselves yeah can i out guess it yeah wait yeah mm -hmm. go ahead kate you first oh i was just gonna say that's i feel like that's a form of uh non-participation because in a relationship you can always tell when someone is going in like that like they're wanting to be proved right about their miserable take on how things are going to go about their projection and that's a form of non-participation so Everything, you know, when you talked about you traveling, you have expectations, which to me read more like, I mean, again, we're splitting hairs here, but it sounds like hope, but you're holding it with an open hand. And maybe that's the difference between hope and expectations. Expectations we hold like this and hope we hold yeah. like this. And, and I think that's really the only difference. It's probably the same thing, but expectations are kind of doomed to have all the life squished out of them and uh whereas an open-handed grasp or even just giving like having a platform and the hope lands softly there's a quote about a bird i think or a butterfly that that it's going to kind of land and flit off again i can't remember what the quote is but um that that's perhaps what hope is is it's just a question of how you hold how you would like things to unfold you know which is beautiful so mandel can i out the the plan i can wait i was on mute yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> so guess who's coming to sweden in may <laughs> Mandel is coming to Sweden. <laughs> oh, he's coming to see oh, me. Oh, how nice! Yeah, awesome. um, that's so, so that great. will be just fantastic. Um, 
because we were talking a little bit on it on Instagram and, and Mandel was like, well, you know, would April be a good time? And I was like, yeah, sure, fine. And then nothing really happened. And then two weeks later, after our final call, I think, it was like, okay, I just looked into it again. Would these dates work? And then, you know, and a couple of hours later, okay, I booked the tickets. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. That's so great. So where is everyone, Mandel? Where do you live? I'm in New York. I'm in the Bronx, New York. Oh, awesome. And what about you, Luke? Uh, I'm in Bellingham, Washington, which is like two hours north of Seattle. It's closer to Vancouver, BC than it is. Yeah, I used to live in Vancouver. Okay. And I'm in Nova Scotia, so that's cool. Yeah. Wow, that's so exciting. So what are you... Yeah. Right. So what are the plans? What are you going to do when you're there? There's no plans. (laughs) <laughs> of course what? of course what's your, what's your hour by hour itinerary how long there's no expectations though? he's staying uh, a the, long time yeah the entire trip is two weeks but um helena gave me the idea to kind of see holland while i'm there and some of the other places so it's nice yeah so i'll jump around a little bit um but it's amazing you know in the opener you said what has come of this podcast and that's one of the things mm-hmm. like hearing about sweden and um, some of the stories that Helena shares about uh, her town or like the, uh, I always forget this name. What do they call it? Like beach houses or. Um, Up in the air- town where my mom yeah. lives. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and like yeah. hearing some yeah. of the stories and the just some of the community stories. The cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and community Is stories. Is he still of- there right now? He's, he's right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just uh, just a big interest. Like, wow, you know, Sweden sounds like an amazing place to go and visit and see. So I'm glad we've had those conversations. Yeah, I recently That's listened exciting. to the, the episode that um, you guys did where you talked about um, a food reclamation program and also the um, yeah. community garden program. Yeah. And yeah, it, just, it does sound like a really... Yep. <laughs> It sounds like a, a really supportive community um, and resilient with the uh, those programs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Coming back a bit to, to the podcast. Um, I mean, you've, you've all touched on it. But, but I would I would like to to sort of re I don't want to say refocus but but sort of bring it back of what's what's been your experience being in these five conversations what's what have you been feeling have you have you been reflecting on on the episodes in between each because I mean it's at least four five weeks in between each conversation it's been going on for a long time um well well what's what's the process brought up in you while while you were in it for me it's been a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of uh seeing possibilities and different worldviews um, some of our conversations have been about books and 
I always look at Helena as uh, like a, a book hero. Like, oh man, she's already read 80 something books. Oh gosh, I'm at 20 something. <laughs> I have so much work to do. But also I learned so much about, for example, uh, we were talking about climate change and consumption and all those things. And it wasn't until I had the conversation with her that I really thought about how flying all across the world contributes to that as well, especially if you're talking about private jets and and all kinds of things that people aspire to. And so in a lot of ways, it kind of changes your thinking about certain things. Uh, but I, I've learned a lot about uh, different topics, whether we're talking about books or talking about being sustainable, uh, just seeing the world different um, from a different viewpoint and and a, just a different life you know i imagine sweden is so much more different than new york and i could just kind of hear it in how she tells her stories the the walking and the bike riding and the being in nature it's just so different new york is just like get in an uber get in the car and it's, it's always good to hear like there's another world outside of your world there's more possibility there are different people and so I'm, I'm always, I will always enjoy being reminded of, of all those things. Different ways to do things. Um, like, uh, you could always ho hold a gardening party or, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. a book party or, um, I don't remember all the parties where they were in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's been interesting as well. And I've said this to you before that you have a real knack for hosting a conversation and for making the person who's participating with you feel held in that. Um, it's a bit of a woo woo way of saying that I went into it, first of all, thinking, what on earth are we going to talk about? And after every episode, I thought, okay, now we've talked about everything. Now we're done. What the heck are we going to talk about the third time? There's a third time? There's a fourth time? Uh, but in addition to that, it was always a little bit of fear, if I'm honest, of saying the wrong thing. So it was a sort of an exposure and because... You know, throughout the West, whether you're in Canada, the U.S., or Europe, uh, or anywhere else, we've gotten so culturally tribal and so vicious and so quick to condemn people for asking questions, for being curious about the wrong thing, for being skeptical, um, and even sometimes just for being in a pause um, for not sort of um, signaling adherence to the latest meme. Um, and that can be really scary, especially if you're in the arts and participation of a certain slant is not expected of you, but demanded of you. And so going into conversations like this, I always felt, um, careful and and it makes me sound like i have some kind of radical views thankfully so do you <laughs> so 
in our conversations, we were able to kind of cover, you know, to be able to talk about some of the stuff genuinely that I'm really passionate about. And, and, um, and I'm just so glad I did. It, it's a lovely feeling to, again, to touch on this idea of openness again, to be okay with wherever we land and to try and start having some faith that, for God's sake, as a writer, that I will be able to find the right words to try to articulate the changes that are ignited in me, the questions that are ignited in me. And you do a really good job of letting that happen. And, um, you know, I have, I have a fairly fine-tuned nose for context for when people are wanting me to go along or, or say something that, that they believe or, or to, to sort of parrot whatever they want me to parrot. And um, that makes me really depressed and quiet. <laughs> and, and that is how it felt being with you. It's a heavy world. It's a really heavy world. There's a lot going on right now, some of which I can't even look into because I don't dare. Because if I do, I will get really dark. Um, so the fact that we can have light conversations and take light steps through what feels like, can often feel like very dark territory, um, is such a, such a generosity. So I loved that aspect of it is that I, I got through it. That makes it sound like it was some kind of torture, which it was not. But, you know, being on the other side of it, 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 it emboldens you to speak your heart a little more often in a way that is open to another person speaking their heart and being okay if they choose different words or if they have a different take. Um, and to be able to just let that stand because that's the way it's always been because humans are unique. So I really appreciate all that. Beautiful. Mm. I agree with um, both what Kate and Mandel said that there's a lot of learning um, that happened uh, during the, <laughs> I mean, during the course of. Uh, the conversations, there were definitely a few large life events that happened. Um, I, I had a wee bit of cancer, <laughs> had it treated. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting to be in this space like that while going through that. And I think it was really helpful, um, to be, yeah, to just be allowed to be, um, and to be questioned about that experience, um, you know, both from a gentle perspective, but also with a little bit of edge, uh, which I think was was necessary. And um, yeah, just there are a lot of well, I recently did listen through the audiobook for doing gentle with an edge, and it is interesting that there are a lot of topics that I that we ended up discussing, but that have kind of been bubbling in the years of therapy that I've been doing and that Helena has put really pretty concretely 
Um, and I, yeah, I would just really appreciate, um, in being part of this experience, a lot of things that were kind of floaty where, you know, it's like you have this sort of intuitive felt sense of, of the, the principle or of the, um, mode of being um that was made explicit um like like inner child work uh for example that's that's a good concrete example i can give is like i think around episode two or three just being greeted with that sort of like you know well what if what if you allow yourself to just have your reactions and then go from there what about that you know can you try doing that um and going wow that actually does make things a lot better um you know and sometimes yeah you're gonna maybe say the wrong thing maybe sometimes you're gonna you know you know do something that's not socially acceptable but but then you know it's happened it's concrete and then you can work on it from there and um and so in in a number of ways uh yeah, I mean, I think after every single conversation, yeah, there's there's definitely been some reflection where things that we've talked about have brought up things that have made me need to journal or um, made me need to explore that topic a little bit more deeply or how it sits with me. Um, and yeah, and I, and I do really appreciate that the space... Um, Yeah, that that if there's disagreement, it is met with a gen with a gentle question, and yeah. not with uh, con condemn condemnation. And um, yeah, I think I think going forward that I'm gonna adopt more of that way of of uh, going through the world of questioning things that I disagree with um, or things that make me afraid because I think that Kate what you're speaking to of the pressures to say the right thing is it is out of fear I think that, that there is a lot of fear of um, you know if you hold these views you know you are a threat to my worldview or you're a threat to um you know my way of being or my way of thinking um and and w with the tribalization and the polarization there is yeah i think i think there's a lot of fear driving that and um yeah i think that gentle questioning is a much uh better path it, it's it's a way better way to actually make progress than um castigation amen i look uh, i'm gonna out you too luke okay. um, <laughs> a little nervous but okay <laughs> no ahead. it's fine it's fine Look, listen to Doing Gentle with an Edge, the, the audiobook just recently, and, and said, you know, I have reflections on, on most of the chapters, 
do you want me to share them with you? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> so he sent me this lovely email with reflections on on plenty of the chapters and and again that's another way of getting that mirroring it's another way of seeing that okay there's something and i think it's i mean it's a part it's part validation and i think validation is getting a bad rep um because i actually think it's part of us humans being um you know we're herd animals we need that we need each other we need to have that mirroring we need to know when hey you're doing some really good shit over here or that wasn't really good <laughs> you know we need to have that thing and to to get this again gift back um it's just it's it's a fantastic way of you know of of keeping my fire going it it puts logs on the fire that is me it it makes me see that okay yeah there is there is value to me in what i do but that value is not only mine there is also value outside of me um which 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 helps me um uh, kind of to it helps me do from my being because a lot of the things that I'm getting reflected on on these on the podcast and you look uh, reflecting on the book like that it is a lot of my being that I'm kind of putting out there in that way um so that's you know it's like it's it's invaluable um, well a lot of it seems like life experience um which we can get into a philosophical thing of are are you just your experience um but yeah it seems like a lot of lessons of well this didn't work here's what did work for me um yeah yeah that that is a lot of reflections from being yeah and i mean i could no i mean for me part of the process of me being me is to write that is part of how i see but but during the the podcast series this is the third season so for a year and a half or a little bit more than a year and a half i've been doing this i've been writing much less because i've been getting the reflection in conversation instead um but so it's it possibly that it's the reflection it's the putting it down on paper or saying it out loud in ways in a in that held state because i also feel held kate you know it's like it's not just me doing the holding you guys also do the holding so i'm as much a part of it um and it's just yeah so for me the the process itself is is a uh, It's impactful. Let's put it that way. Readers complete the writing. Yeah. I don't think it's always critically necessary because sometimes we write and it's a part of our own process and sometimes writing doesn't get shared and a lot of the time writing doesn't get picked up or get any traction or you didn't have enough freaking Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> the process, the racket. 
but even in small ways, even if it is writing a letter, the letter writing isn't complete until the exchange has been made, until it's been received and absorbed and heard. And the person <coughs> waves their little signal flag back to you and, and says, I got it. I get it. This is what I saw in it. This is what I liked. This is what I was doing on the day that I got your letter. And this is how it shifted my, my room. And, uh, and I think that's what you're describing there. I mean, that's getting, getting those reflections is like Christmas morning as a kid to have someone share with you what they saw when they read a book that you spent years locked in a closet you know, obsessively thinking and rethinking through every sentence and uh, agonizing over it in this gulag, this creative solo thing that now that I'm thinking about it, why does anybody do, why do we do that? <laughs> um, but when it is received, oh my gosh, that's the most amazing thing. That's such a wonderful, wonderful feeling. So good on you, Luke, for sharing that because that, means more than um that me it just means so much well if it's hmm. part of a more of, of a more broad thing i've been trying to do which is I, i've seen variations of of this tweet of something to the effect of like you should tell people if you love them yeah. um before they die uh but you know i've kind of tried to get better at going okay well it doesn't have to just be love it, you know appreciate you know appreciation i appreciate this this thing that you did or i appreciate this thought that you had or i appreciate that i came up with these thoughts but like i mean it wasn't in a vacuum they were influenced by these people and so you know okay i'm posting these thoughts but i need to also you know attribute like you know, it, these thoughts came up because of conversations that I had with these people. Because um, I do, yeah, I do think that that is important that, you know, you get feedback that, no, I wasn't, it's, it's not just me being crazy. It's not just me being out here um, on this island by myself that, you know, you're picking up what I'm putting down. You're... Totally. And we have thoughts like that many times a day, like where we'll be thinking to ourselves saying, man, that Mandel, whenever I see him, he just cheers me up. Doesn't matter where I am in my life. Whenever I see Mandel coming down the street, I just smile to both ears. And, and we think of those things and, they, and we feel good. It's almost like that. Um, uh, was it Louis C.K.? I think who did that bit about being in first class on a plane, and he sees like the the war veteran like walking past him to the to the uh, the, the bus in the back that the, the the carnage back there, and he thinks to himself, "I could give up my seat in first class to that veteran," but he doesn't. But he feels like a good person because he thought of it. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's a bit like, yeah, like you have the thought about Mandel and how much he brightens your day. And you're like, wow, isn't that nice? Like, that was nice that I think that about Mandel, but we never say it. We never actually pass it on to say, sit down in front of me, Mandel. I just want you to know 
that this came into my head the other day, and I feel like saying it, that every time I see you, you leave me with a great big smile. And I bet you do that for a lot of other people too. And I just think that's the greatest thing ever. Hmm. You know, not only to our partner or our kids or our parents or, you know, the, the people that we're kind of um, expected to say those things to, but just to those those people who pass by in our lives that we appreciate their energy. Yeah. So that's, that's a good thing to, uh, that's like a, an, an all year long resolution. Thank you for that. I like it. I think I'm going to borrow it. Went on that tangent to, to put into practice. Mandel, I really do like your laugh. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm listening to the podcast and you laugh, it, it, it does put a smile on my face. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I want to go on a tangent on that, but I also want to give you uh, uh, an opportunity for a graceful exit, Mandel, if you need to skedaddle, get into an Uber to be somewhere else because uh, you're in the city of skyscrapers and... Uh, what not um, yes thank you it was a pleasure to be here and uh i wrote down a, a that story kate if or oh, we have each other's emails i'll send an email i love to really read more about that that's a funny story about first class and oh i feel good that i thought about it but not going all the way through and I want to read some of your uh, your threads as well, Luke. So let's uh, let's I'll, yeah. I'll email everyone so we can continue the conversation at least that way. But uh, thanks, uh, Casevian and Helena, Luke, and Kate for this. It was great. We'll be in yeah, touch. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. See you in Bye. May. Yeah. See you in May. <laughs> anyway, don't blame you. Back to back to back to here. Back yeah. To here. Well, I have a I have a tangent for for the thinking I'm good that I've been I've been speaking quite a lot about. I don't know if you remember this, Helena, um, but one of the there's been a psychological study. I want to remember that there's been a psychological study. I I don't know. I, I should say um, on people who plan excessively. And make to-do lists. Uh, get the same oh. dopamine kick from writing the to-do, from from doing the planning. Oh yeah. As they do from actually taking it off. So you you get the same reward physiologically Twice. from planning that you do from from doing, uh, which I think it's a big part of why people don't do stuff because if you just think i could give up my seat to to the veteran and get the same reward from, from that as actually yeah. doing it there's no point in doing it is there except it would to be home. totally a point because then you get <laughs> twice the high right <laughs> there's that no view. you wouldn't because you would then be proud of you doing it rather than so they they sort of take each other out. They cancel each other out, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on the time frame, though. 
Yeah. Depends on sure. how far the thing is Apart. that you're planning. Yeah. Mm. If you manage to drop down again before you actually do the thing. I think there's a lot of those. There are certain drivers behind list making. And I know so many of these people, and I've, I've been, I've definitely done this before too, but I think the motivations behind making the list and ticking off the list are completely different. So when you make the list, and, and there's people that might, well, the list makers might bristle at this, but there's an underlying drive to that list that wants to be affirmed. There's a narrative that is trying to uh, manifest itself, such as, I am so busy, or look <laughs> at all that's on my plate, wow, or I'm so important, wow, or I'm right to feel overwhelmed because this goes to 52. And it's, it's like those people who always want to work into a conversation that they have a thousand unread emails. And it's kind of this like, ooh, like almost titillation that <laughs> I'm just, oh, like the emails just keep coming. And I'm like, half of those are spam and notifications. <laughs> like what? So, but, but I think all of us do this. All of us have a narrative like, and I think this is interesting too. There would be a narrative in amongst all those narratives that would be, I never get anything done. And by making a list and not ticking things off, we are affirming our story about ourselves that not only are we right to be overwhelmed and or busy, important, we also never get anything done. And so there's a bit of a flagellation happening there as well that we get to be right about our failings as well as our strengths all in one fell swoop. Ticking things off is maybe when we realize, and, and I did this because I, I heard about a guy named Peter Crown, and I've, I've only just heard about this guy who's kind of, um, I don't even know how to describe him, um, but he's got this master class and see, now I, I wish I hadn't have brought him up because I don't even know how to encapsulate yet who he is. But a friend of mine sent one of his sort of assignments to me, which was around making a list. And so I, I did this, the small things, the big things, everything you could possibly think of from doing the seasonal, you know, uh, cull, culling of the herd in your closet to reconciling with someone, whatever, put it all down. And I started feeling really good because here I am. Look at all the stuff I'm crossing off. I'm excited to have a new day tomorrow to cross a few more things off. And I'm being productive and it's great. But of course, the more you cross off from the top, you're adding double to the bottom because life just continues on. There's always laundry to do. There's always plants to water. There are always relationships to reconcile and errands to run. So it, it's just... It's, it's ongoing. You're never going to reach the end of that list. So, uh, but it does feel good to cross it off. It's a bit of a, it almost sort of is a gamification of, of, uh, and I think it really works for some people. For some people, they, they need to have that physical moment of crossing off. But, but I think making the list is just as significant. Um, and, and again, that's, that's kind of a half-formed thought but I know that that's okay. 
basically. That is more than okay. It's welcome. But yeah. I think both me and Caspian are smiling because Caspian has been the the listiest person I know. The to-doist person I know. Hi, I'm yeah. Caspian. I'm a recovering <laughs> list, a list maker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um I usually bring it just just to understand how in to do list I was and how yeah. um oh, list yeah. making I was. I had a more lists. Yeah, yeah. Do you mean to, yeah, me too. I've got that app too. Um I had a recurring morning list and a recurring evening list. Uh and on the morning list it was 17 17 ticks. Or 17 to-dos. One of which were get dressed. Um, I mean, that's that's where I was. Brush teeth. Everything. I mean, brush teeth is, is, I think, reasonable. Put on pants, (laughs) less so. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to walk out the door having forgotten brushing your teeth. Forgetting your pants, you have a problem. Um, I think there's a lot to what you're saying, Kate, um, because yeah. I I can absolutely, with confidence or with experience, say that part of doing, part of having the to do list was knowing that I was busy. And so, have you stopped it now? I've just re uh restarted uh i okay. reached um oh gosh i feel embarrassed saying this in this context um i reached uh to do is has a karma system where they call it a karma oh. system uh so you have different levels of of um how good you are at doing to do's Basically, that's what it is. No, so why you, did you, you tell pay, me that? If, no! you pay the, if you pay the premium uh, for the premium uh, version of, of Todoist, um, they've gamified it for you. So you gain points depending on a couple of couple of things. Uh, and I No wonder reached, you had put on pants, brush teeth, rise from the bed, was, uh, <laughs> open realized, eyes. Uh, that was that was part of it for sure. I realized yeah. afterwards, though, when I stopped, that the uh, the karma didn't take into consideration how many to dos he did after after a certain amount. It was just redundant. Um, oh, interesting! Because he re- kind of I, hit, you know, he hit the the the, the karma the ceiling threshold. exactly. <laughs> so, so a couple a couple of years ago, I reached uh, enlightened. Which is their top level? You gain fifty thousand points. I have, I think I have uh, twenty one thousand to dos ticked off on to do lists alone, um, and I've tried all the list making apps. I've switched systems number n- numerous times, um, but I just started again because I realized that. One of one of the fundamental things for me to to one one of the things that got me into using a to do app or a list making app or you know taking downs taking down to dos was that otherwise I forget things. That's number one. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Number two, um, 
I feel physically lighter if I don't have to carry things around in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so right now I have, I've just started using it again with a couple of reminders to to check the to-do list when I get home from work. Um, doing yeah. a weekly, weekly sort of cleaning out the, the different lists that I have and, and stuff like that. So it's a lot of mindfulness for me, for sure. Um, but, but there is also a part of me or, or I don't want to say my whole personality, but a big chunk of it was I'm the yeah. to-doist guy. I'm the list making guy. I have, I cross off 150 to-dos per week, uh, kind of guy. That's my, that's my baseline. Uh, this Monday I ticked off 50 to-dos. I think my, my all-time high for a day was 79 or something like that. And I told people about it. I let people know. Um, <laughs> wearing it on my, on my sleeve. With your sleeve, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to, to what you're saying, Kate. Um, Interesting. But I, I will I will add to that though that I, I I everything that I said about it isn't necessarily negative. No, no, for sure. Because I think we have to organize our thoughts somehow, and some of us do it through meditation, and some of us make lists. Mm. And I I can't get through like hosting a dinner or a party, or um, facing a big holiday or something like that without having a list of just the pure tactics. Because mm. like you say, I'll forget things, but but um, yeah, I think I think it's obviously a positive thing for you that there's something in you, and I think in me too, to a, to a degree that there is just as much pleasure in making the list, mm. and and it is like you say, it, it makes things feel lighter. Mm. Yeah, the fun sure. thing about Casban is that he. He does. I mean, Caspian, you are great at the organizing of it. You're great at the structure, the structuring of it. So I kind of blurt out lists and do things, but it's 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 much more random. It's much more meandering somehow. Surprise. But when Caspian, it's like he he finds the structures of it so that there's a there's a there's a logical flow in a way that I just never have the, ugh, you know, I just don't have the the energy for for doing the work on that basic level of, on that. It's like, okay, let's get the foundation going and then, um, so because yeah, I, mean, I also do lists, but I do them kind of very rudimentary compared to to Caspian's high level. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's an interest as well. I think that's an important part of it. For me, it's I we before I started my new job this last week, I I had uh, I I blocked off three or four hours to implement a new to do system for myself. That's that's the kind that's of person great. I love doing it. And then I realized at my new job, they just implemented. My my second day, they implemented a new product management management system, and I was I was I'm still like there's there's it feels like I've received a gift. Um, it's That's it's so a super strange, and and 
a lot of my colleagues are like looking strangely at me and at the same time really <laughs> happy that I'm taking the uh, lead on the, it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yes. But they are, they are looking at me strangely uh, because of this, for sure. Great. The, Can I ask a question to, oh, sorry, go ahead, Luke. Oh, I was just going to say, um, yeah, that's great that your reaction to that is, oh, yes, is the thing. Most people's, mine included, be, oh, I just learned the last system, really? You know, I have to, I have to learn how to do this, this whole new thing when the workflow is going to change and it's going to slow me down and I'm going to have to get on this learning curve. So. That's most, what most of the other seven have said. And everyone I've spoken to about, I, I'm, I've been like, are you, do you have it on, do you have it on ClickUp? Have you ever looked through? And they, they all sort of, you can see their whole body falling into shame <laughs> and just being like, no, I haven't looked at ClickUp. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's been a week. It's not that big of a deal, nor everything is in there yet, but, but it's, it's a cloud for a lot of people, for sure. No, I was, is it, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to ask you a question, Luke, um, uh -huh. if it's, if it's okay, sure. I guess I'm, I'm sitting here as we're talking about to-do lists and how we organize life and motivation and the inner drive behind all of that. And it made me think as I was listening to Caspian talk, talk it through about those moments in our lives that send us on a saga. So you know, in my case, the baby dies or a chronic oh. illness is diagnosed or you end up with cancer or you end up in a divorce that completely sideswipes you. Um, and it's interesting. I don't know if there's a question in here, but I find it really interesting in those saga moments when we are sent on this kind of unwitting, unexpected journey that takes you so far off of any kind of routine. Whatever you had before, Thanks, you're not Bob. now thinking, you're not thinking about your pants yeah. anymore. You're not thinking about watering the plants or what your goals were because everything has been so upended and it's so existential and it's such a crisis and it's scary that all of a sudden something like to-do lists or routine or having that expectation, here we are again at expectation, that your day tomorrow is going to unfold at least in a similar enough container as today that I can plan it. Like that I know that my energy is going to be a hundred percent that I can actually even think of tackling these things that I know that tomorrow is going to happen. Um, I, I guess I was just looking for your thoughts on, you know, being kind of plucked, removed from routine, whether it's routine days or routine expectations and then dropped into this maelstrom of crisis and sort of how that changes. Yeah, again, I'm trying, I'm digging, I'm trying to grasp for the actual question, but um, maybe if you can speak a little bit to that, because yeah. I don't know if you're still in that space or if you're, because I think that's one of Less the signs so. of recovery is you start to see enough light kind of on the landscape of your life to say, I should water the plants tomorrow or I need to call so-and-so or I need to return that email or I need to call my insurance company 
those ordinary things start to come in again. So where are you now with with that? Yeah. First of all, thank you for asking. And and um, yeah, well put. Even um, you know, as you were like, oh, I don't know how to phrase this as a question. I'm still very very well put. Um, well, when when everything hit. Uh, I'm high in conscientiousness, so there definitely was still a large part of me. Uh, it's going, no, <laughs> no, my, uh, my plans, my, my but, 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 yeah, um, yeah. Uh, this is going to throw the completion of this project off by X number of months at least. So um, there's definitely resistance at first. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm not at, Caspian at, at your level in terms of list making, but um, uh, but I am somebody that does that does need to have like a daily list. Just at, like these these are the things that you that have to be done today, um, and then you know medical appointments and all different types of appointments and stuff, just so that I can. Oh yeah. If I didn't have a calendar. I don't think I could function but um oh yeah i mean yeah where 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 to start um i guess the question with the question the, the explicit question was where am i at with that now um which i would say I'm in a much better place. Um, unfortunately, uh, like, I mean, I have, I had this, this cancer thing and I, I'm honestly very, very lucky because it was caught very early. And, um, like I ended up basically spending, uh, for the type of cancer it was like the minimum amount of time in treatment. Uh, so there was there was always a bright side, but I also I do also have a chronic illness, and so like after the cancer wave, like that's kind of also been triggered, and so I'm still sort of in that. But I also have like I don't know I I have never had cancer before, but I've have like 13 years of experience with the chronic illness, so I'm much more grounded. It's it's a lot less um, shaky in terms of day to day. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, just it does, it, yeah, and then and then to speak to the saga moments aspect of it, um, yeah, I, I don't know, I just didn't know what to expect because I had never been through it before, and and so yeah. it, it did take a while for it to go for me to go okay i yeah we get we gotta just drop the projects and get through this <laughs> like yeah um, yeah and uh and being gentle has definitely been a challenge because i'm somebody who mm, i'm getting a lot better at this but have often gone you know oh what I have this going on. This shouldn't limit me in any way. I don't want this to limit me. So I'm going to push through it. And sometimes that's really not a good, um, often 
if it's a if it's a really bad thing that's not how you you should abandon the lists you should do what is contextually the right thing to do yeah. um i don't have yeah i don't know i don't, I don't really have a thesis here <laughs> neither did i meandering yeah. um yeah but yeah i don't know i don't know i mean saga moments are i don't know i i can you just drop everything and create art that's kind of how i oh yeah met it was like you know i i was expecting to just like play video games and productively dissociate and just be like okay we're just gonna like put ourselves in the um so what was the movie passengers where we're just gonna like myself in this like oh yeah cryogenic state or yeah cryogenic yeah. state and uh, mental state and just sort of drift through this um and it ended up being like no actually i really do need to make art about the and write about this saga that's happening and, and there's a lot yeah, of yeah. process and it has to happen and um uh and as helena put it um yeah let, let this be a an opening experience or like a learning experience and a growing experience rather than just something that it's a big fucking inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah. for me, it's been interesting to, to get to do this with you during like, because you, you knew about this when, when we started and then. Uh, no, I actually did. did I? I think you, I think so. Well, I don't remember when we started. I think, I think so. Um, in the twilight zone. In the twilight zone. Well, somewhere around there. And then to, to like be along and, and to, to be allowed to ask the questions, to be, to be um, invited into that space with you, in a sense, has been fascinating and that you know feeling very honored that luke while puking from chemo um, only once that was that I, I feel good about that i only threw up one time as you know still having actually me and and this podcast kind of being a part of that not being one of the things that are dropped but rather being invited into this container with you. Um, oh, sorry. Was um, kind of humbling. Um, well, I'm glad that that you feel that way. Um, yeah. I'm I'm really glad that I was along with this and that I, it wasn't dropped. Um, basically, um, well. How much backstory do I want to give? Um, a big takeaway from this experience was that, like, hmm, like a default reaction I've often had when these kinds of things happen is this sort of shutdown thing where it's like, okay, we need to just shut everything down and and go into ourselves and figure this out. Um, and after having that really bite me in the ass, I realized like, that is not when you're in crisis, like what you should be doing. You really ought to be reaching out. And because of what we've talked about 
before with the space um, that you create being something that is relatively non-judgmental or quite non, not relative, but quite non-judgmental and quite, um, I'm going to say therapeutic. It was, it was welcome that it was like, yes, I, I would love to have this space to process. And I would love, and I love the fact that you are interested in this because, um, something that was a big disappointing part of it was like, oh, so there's all these people that I have made connections with through school and through work. Um, and oh, they all just kind of disappeared when this happened. It's like, yeah. oh, shit, finding out, you know, who, who my real friends are and who was there. And so it was, it was mutually appreciated um, that you did engage and that we did get to do this during that time because, um, did, yeah, I, I, there was genuine interest and genuine care and yeah. that was very much appreciated. Thank you for trying to, for, for, for speaking to that. I appreciate that. Thank it's you for, thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah, they. I think. I think your other illness is autoimmune. I think you were saying. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, mine. Mine too. Oh. So what's your yeah. what's your uh, curse? Uh, it's. I, I don't, generally don't. don't, have don't to share if you don't want. To. Yeah. No, I, I'm not quite. A, I'm like it's. It's not like it's a secret in my life, but it's. It's one of the really big scary ones. That's uh, like if you don't if you don't eat properly, you're gonna end up in a wheelchair and blind kind of a thing mm. so it's um it's pretty pretty terrifying but it's been 10 months approximately since i found out and doing everything i can but but it's another one of those saga things you know one of those big words that you know in a, in a very different way than cancer but uh it it reminds me a lot of when my son died in a way that there are a lot of people who, who, you know, make a break for the door as fast as they can, maybe because for the most part, they just don't know what to say. And you become this, I had founded a community for bereaved parents and we described it like a, like a room full of Medusas uh, because only we can stand the sight of each other. Uh, um and not and not great. look away um you know that everyone else is terrified of being turned to stone if they actually look at you and ask you how you're doing they don't really want to hear about the chemo and the vomit or 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 have to witness that moment because it's terrifying it it's like brushing up against something venomous and you 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 recoil because all of us have that shit coming all of us in one form or another, and we know done it, enough nuclear you know. tests, you know, and spray yeah. radioactive material all over the globe. So, yeah, question no of kidding. when, not if. Yeah, yeah, but you know, we we just we know that, and I think it's it's very difficult to be faced with 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 those with someone else's saga, and for a lot of people, they just don't want to be around it, and and a big portion of my life has been accepting that and 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 seeing in in those moments thinking to myself even if I feel kind of betrayed or 
if someone is kind of suddenly silent and I realize they've kind of ghosted me and it's like, um, that person in this moment is doing the best they can. This is the best they can do is to off they go because they're afraid. And of course they're afraid. It's, you know, I'm, I'm on a tough, bit of a tough ticket right now. (laughs) Can't have any more cocktails. Uh, can't have any more eggs, you know, all of that stuff. And it makes me, it makes me a difficult dinner guest, even though I don't talk about it really all that much, but, but, um, I think a lot of life is, again, here we are back to, you know, disappointment and expectations that, that, um, we have to, I think, forgive other people for falling down on our expectations of friendship. And Helena and I have talked a lot about this, about being in this phase of life. I don't know how old you are, but I'm in my late forties, my very late forties, the last like gasping breath of my forties. And, um, and, and I'm just at a point in my life where I think like, what, what is a friend? What kind of a friend do I want to be? And what do I expect of friends? Because we really are heading into the shit now. Like, you know, people are, are meeting their fates and, splintering off into different places and when you layer in the, the tribal stuff on top of that and the polarization um of people politically and socially and culturally it's a it's a very vivid time to be middle-aged and to be raising kids and to be trying to find commonalities with people and shit's hitting the fan and some people are getting divorced and some people are getting these horrible diagnoses and it's definitely kind of feels like a, a test of metal for friendship and I think we have to really try hard to be okay with that and to say you know like it's okay for friendships to ebb and flow the kind of thing that my mom would have said to me in grade seven like <laughs> It, it's okay. You're in grade seven. Like some girls are just me. Some girls, you just ring a bell for them. They don't want wrong and carry on. It's not such a big deal. Like just be open to them if they come back and don't worry about it if they don't. Like it, it's, it's, it's just an interesting time. And the sagas certainly make all of those questions that much more, um, you know, they really kind of surface with a lot of intensity for sure i can understand yeah and and you do raise an interesting point that i i haven't really thought of is i mean i have enough of my own personal worries about heading into the future just with uh the way things are at geopolitically and culturally um and yeah i mean that is compounded when you have kids and when you have people who you are responsible for um sending out into the world and yeah um, and i've i feel like i've finally hit the this point of recognizing um how little control we have um and <laughs> and how you have to and the things that you you have to make some kind of peace with, and that you can plan for the best, or, or ex- hope for the best, but plan for the worst, and um, yeah, all all not easy 
stuff. Time to learn how to be head of chicken. Do it fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> most humane for everyone involved. Better get that milk cow. <laughs> you know, get your pig pen yeah. <laughs> and buckle down. Hey, hey. Pour some concrete. Oh, that's great. Geez. That's great. That's that's resiliency. Yeah. 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 Do coming back though. Yeah. Sort of. I wanna I wanna because we've spoken about both the the before and during. Uh, I wanna speak a little bit about or hear your thoughts about what you bring with you from the podcast having been on both both from a podcasting perspective um but but more importantly from a conversation perspective uh or maybe not importantly but more prominently um what do you what do you carry with you from having had these conversations what do you uh, and I mean, that could be a habit, a thought, a feeling, a practice, a thought, you know, anything. And it can be multiple things as well. I think my answer will start a tangent, so I don't know if you want to go first, Kate. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's something that I've already touched on. The first thing that came to mind was it feels like from these conversations, I take a license. So went into them feeling like, oh, kind of a sense of dread. Like, oh, I can't. Like, I can't. I can't say this. I can't talk about that. I can't. You know, and also having this diagnosis as well, which was very fresh when Alina got into it. Not particularly wanting to turn myself into a hashtag a little you touched on this a little bit Luke like there's except I don't think you meant it that way but um the peril what feels like peril to me of attaching my identity to a disease yeah um and cr the crutch that that feels like and and that I feel like I've been nurturing a pretty healthy what feels like a healthy belligerence to say like, no, that's not me and that's not all I am and I'm not going to be defined by it, which is kind of why I I tend to try and stay away from the actual words. Um, so there was a lot in my mind that felt verboten, whether it was personal or cultural, political, spiritual. I feel very out of sorts with the way that um, um, most of the time, that the way that a lot of women speak and engage together, especially in groups. And um, I other myself, and I do that all the time. And why do I do that? And and why do I bristle? And 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 so go, going into this with Helena and not really being sure if there was space to um, be cantankerous. And she, you were so graceful, Helena, in how you listened. Uh, but it felt like a license to honesty. And it gives me a little bit of faith going forward that as long as my intentions are clear, um, that there's a bit of faking it until you make it. If you 
can say things that may feel discordant to people um, that may spark a bit of cognitive dissonance because they like you, but they don't like what you're saying. Um, if you can at least go into that conversation with having this kind of grace um, and hold everything lightly and loosely, that hopefully at the other end of that conversation, they will come away from it with some degree of affection and connection intact. And sometimes they don't, and that's on them. Sometimes they don't, and that's on me because I wasn't graceful. Um, so, but it just felt like a license to practice. That's, that's I guess, what I'm taking into the future to, to try to um, act like someone who feels like it's okay to be working things through and thinking as I speak. Um, because if you act like you believe that, then you are practicing it and you are doing it. So uh, that's that's my intention kind of going forward. And so now it's tangent time. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's, a, that's a brave spot to be in because you probably will be misunderstood at times and people may take issue with what you're saying. And if there's blanket judgment yeah i that there there's an amount of that that may not be that may not have anything to do with you yeah but that requires holding yourself uh and saying well i'm still okay even if these people think i'm a monster <laughs> Or, you know, or think I'm X, Y, Z, or yeah, yeah, if people think, yeah. oh my God, you said X, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I I can't handle that. Um, or, or I Kate's think- Kate's turning I, into a prepper. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> I know. This is one thing that all sides are united on. They just start admitting it. <laughs> Yeah. Getting a chicken is a good skill to have. Everybody, good skill well, on the left. Yeah. It's a good skill on the right. Everybody <laughs> wants safety. Uh, yeah. That's the Venn diagram. They just so want yeah, safety. Yeah, totally. Getting a chicken is in the middle. Okay. That's good 100%. to know. 100%. Yeah. Political polarization. <laughs> uh, yeah. Solved by animal husbandry. Yeah. Um, I think the largest thing... Um, I don't want to call it a softening, although, but, but a, a dissolution or a, um, softening of, of boundaries in my mind. Um, I think when I started this, and, and part of this is definitely from the podcast, and part of it is, I think, also coming of age. Um, and getting to a point where you see um, that which you do not know. Um, because over the course of this, I've become a lot more comfortable um, 
saying I don't know. Um, I think I, I had a much much more rigid idea about the world and right and wrong and how yeah you should treat yourself and what what is necessarily right and um you know i had already been kind of walking out of political polarization i mean i do still have strongly held ideas about things but at the same time i had recognized that neither of the main options or voices in the u.s really had the answers and so i had yeah. already sort of been primed to be in a state of um questioning but i've become over the course of this just a lot more open i guess i i would say um to different answers to different ways of being um both for myself and for others and um and I, I have definitely been sold on the idea of holding space being something that can build common ground, um, I guess, and 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 make friends, even if you don't necessarily agree about everything. And um, <laughs> and I guess to out myself. Uh, about about this um i ended up for i ended up like not keeping up with everybody's episodes but i had one i had at the beginning been listening to everyone's episodes and um uh the first episode that uh helena and kate and you kate did um definitely set off this sort of what what alarm bells of like um what all of self-help is a sham oh you know what? <laughs> we're gonna have to do a group conversation at the end oh no <laughs> i don't think we're gonna get along um because i have i have really made a lot of progress in therapy but um but in uh. listening to more to more episodes um but, but i guess what i would say is is in in going into listening to the first episode of of everybody's not just yours kate there was sort of a um oh yes i i i have made up my mind about um what these people are like and and what uh, they have to offer wisdom wise and then by the end it's totally shattered where it's like no everybody has so much wisdom to share and if you stop there at oh you're saying something that scares me I don't want to listen anymore. Or yeah, I'm not going to yeah. extend, um, you know, or or I'm not going to be curious about that, and I'm just going to to say no, thank you, no more. Um, that you you're not going to learn about well, why why does that person think that, and you're not going to get access to all of the other wisdom that that person has that has brought them to that place of believing that or 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 yeah um you know that being something that works for them absolutely i'm trying to now i'm trying to remember what i said in that first episode I'm like, oh, uh, I don't know, what was it 
But I the think it was probably was, the gist was something to the effect of like, because um, the theme overall was uh, that you come from a long line of people whose lives were really quite difficult. Um, yeah. And that sitting in a place of, oh, I am, I am okay. Oh, I am perfect the way I am. And I don't need any kind of, you know, um, or, or just a lot of the. It was this, a lot the, of the, the bashing of the self-love hashtags and, and all of that. Yeah. Stuff. Well, right. Um, the, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. idea that, um, you know, well, I think, I think the phrase that had kind of made me bristle a little bit was like, um, like you shouldn't be enough to think that you're enough and you know yeah, is, that is, made helena bristle too is, yeah is, is a crime yeah. because of course you're you not know, enough of course you're not renee enough. brown is wrong she's wrong about everything you're not enough changing the world is always changing and so <laughs> yeah. um what is expected of you is is going to change is some something to that effect so yeah and anyway, it was probably around discontent too yeah yeah yeah. yeah, we kind of clarified through that, and it was definitely the kind of Instagram form, the memification of self affirmation. I think is what yeah. really sets yeah. me off, because it just feels so hollow to me, so performative, and and yeah, and it's it stems from my original loss, which I wrote through in a public way, and eventually wrote a book about. And feeling this very strong kind of, this is where I'm at, this is where I am, and I need to kind of sit with these feelings and vocalize these feelings, find a shape to this pain, which ultimately does end up being a fair degree of dwelling, let's be honest. Um, even though it's a, it's a dead baby, of course you're going to dwell, but I hated that word. Whereas coming to this point in my life, I'm older now, and I'm so compelled by the idea of stoicism. And feeling like I perhaps went too far on this end. And it's not to say that I want to be cold and discompassionate now, but there's, it's somewhere between the two. And in the meantime, social media kind of makes me tear my hair out sometimes. And it just offers nothing for me where everything is kind of made into a, you know, um, a, a quotation with stock photography and, you know, essentially it's the modern motivational poster. And um, because it, it removes nuance and complexity. Uh, as for actual therapy, I think that's fantastic. I think that's a deep kind of work that is totally different than the kind of thing that I would have been talking about. But um, but thank you for telling me that though, because you wouldn't have been the only one that would have bristled at my bristling. And, and I know Helena did too. And um, this is this is what's really interesting and important to talk about for you to be able to say that. Like, I don't know if I'm going to want to sit down with this person. She's fucking mean. <laughs> like, she sounds like a jerk. Well, uh, not necessarily you know, what mean the hell a jerk, that? but just like, oh, this is a view that's Kinda very different cold. than mine. Yeah. And like, maybe this is, maybe we're not going to see eye to eye on this. And oh, like, I could I handle it if I were to be judged <laughs> publicly yeah. public judgment oh 
gosh. Yeah, it's like a cage, like an old fashioned video game, like a cage fight. It's like, you know, video game <laughs> music. Fight. Here we go. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, there's none of that. There's absolutely none of that. But you know what? In listening yeah. to that episode, it did make me look out more at, at like, oh, okay. So like what TikTok therapy is effective and, and is like actually helpful. And what is like, okay, this person has done a CBT training class and is just spewing yeah. stuff that kind of sounds like it could be helpful, but is really with the intent of gaining attention and followers and uh, amen amen uh, yeah yeah and and i mean it's, and it's, it's, yeah it's fun to to hear both of you speak about this and speak to this this question or or ask of caspians in this way of what happens when we actually do allow ourselves to be in and with the sticky conversations and i can be in a sticky conversation even though i'm actually listening to kate and luke having a sticky conversation because that's also a way of of being in a sticky conversation not letting myself off the hook either but like staying <clears throat> with it uh, and god forbid i would think alike with all of my friends it's like i can't think of a more boring thing yeah. Um, than to see eye to eye with everybody, man, that would suck. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, again, it's fun to, this is part of why I think these group conversations are so fun because I get these little, again, it helps me connect dots, um, that I'm kind of sensing, but whoops, here's another fruiting body. Here's a little mushroom coming up here. Just, you know, wow, looks gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I just have to add to, to that first episode between you, Kate, and you, Helena. I was from, from an editing perspective is it was interesting because I, I got those two audio files into Premiere. And they were both so loud. Like there was when no. when when you spoke, Kate, it was a long bit of you speaking, and it was just a, a high sort mm. of. There was no ups and downs in how you spoke. It was just plain, quite. It looked aggressive. And then when I saw oh, Helena, interesting. It, it looked aggressive as well. And that's it was unusual, the ten rants later episode. Exactly. <laughs> Because Helena, Helena usually goes up and up and down quite a lot, uh, moving oh, away from the mic and you know going up and using. It was just both of them maxed out. I had to pull down the volume and sort of compress the audio, which is which is another another layer to it. Yeah, that's uh, so right interesting. That. Helena often goes up and down. Mm. Having to edit. Uh, I mean, I, I came across the reason why we met was because. Elena was on a podcast that I have worked as an audio editor for. And yeah, it was a lot of talking about this. And then shopping! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's funny. Because <laughs> I don't. Because, well, I'm thinking about that first episode now. We weren't, I don't remember anyway that we were disagreeing about 
anything in particular. No, we were we were just engaged. We were jamming. So engaged. Yeah. Very passionate and and engaged yeah. in the conversation, but in, yeah. in, it didn't sound aggressive in the in the content. But but the audio files were yeah. not looking happy. Isn't that funny? It went Helena, to your point of that, it it's kind of boring if everybody agrees on everything that that i yeah i think that that is something well that is related to what i already said that i'm taking away from this is more tolerance with people that i disagree with and more of a willingness to sit and hold stuff um yeah there was a, a how do I how specific do I want to get I don't think that they're going to listen to this and they'll say this but some family came to visit um between conversation four and five and um yeah I just wanted to tear well <laughs> I don't think I have hair again <laughs> so there's the Kiva thing but um but yeah it was like oh my god we just like this whole thing is is a um in transactional analysis, there's the concept of strokes that that conversationally, um, you play games to affirm life positions, kind of like Kate when you're talking about lists being that this is done in order to affirm a narrative, um, yeah. and that like there was all this stroking about ain't it awful that xyz and like aren't we smart for having the right view and the right opinion and we're going to go through all of these issues and make sure that we are on the right same page together and we have the right views and and we talk about the bad people who are bad and and this whole thing is this exercise <laughs> we are right and 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 oh yes 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 oh yes we all we all are on the same page we all have the same views and, and yeah and, I, and and it was like i would bring up you know well i i think maybe those people are acting this way because of these reasons you know not, not even necessarily defending saying that they have a right to do this or they have a right to be that way but here's a little something so that you might be able to understand why they you know why this viewpoint exists and, yeah, and, context. And, yeah. Very awkward silence. <laughs> yeah. You're not you're not playing the game right. No, precisely. You're disturbing the 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 setup. It's like, no, you can't move, right. move in chess. Try to do something more worthwhile. This is this is really boring. But yeah, I've been the orchestrated unwitting orchestrator of so many of those awkward silences. <laughs> it's been bad. Mystery. <laughs> yeah. 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 It I mean it it brings back to what Mandel was saying about different perspectives, about having this type of conversation and, and with people who live in different areas of the world also gives you part of that. It's like it's it's like I'm happy to hear that it's opening, but it's like I have a hard time seeing how it would be closing or how it could be closing, um, because this is the this is kind of this is the nourishment that that we are doing this in. Um, mm -hmm. 
this is this is the, the, the soil. Space. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah and also, I, I should mention that that yeah, that it, it wasn't it, this viewpoint is not just coming from listening to your episodes, Kate. It's also coming from listening to Usulans yeah. and Bellas, and even before coming on the podcast, I listened to a number of Buddhas by the Roadside episodes, and <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Listening to uh, 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 the first episode with Dominic, it was like, do I want to keep listening to this podcast? And then uh, for a while, oh, you know, okay, well, I don't necessarily agree with everything Dominic is saying, but I understand where he's coming from, and he makes good points. Yeah. Um, oh, very, yeah. how very grown up. <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, that, is, that is the point, though. I mean... Dominic is part of that. Everybody or a lot of the other people that I have in my life are also part of that thing where I, I, I love being held um, and I also love being challenged in it. So it is the doing gentle with an edge. It is both of those. It is being challenged and, and like, here's that tightrope. Walk on it and see what happens. If you fall, I'll be there to catch you but you know yeah. let's see how far you get on this one and it's wobbly and it's scary and you know fuck all and still it does it is nourishing technical term very technical term yes um so yeah it's it is it is a treat it is a treat for sure absolutely I'm right back at you. Wait, Caspian, I can't hear you. Why can't I hear you? Can Luke and Kate hear me? No, I, I can, can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. My my little earbud is about to run out of juice. So I feel like um if if I cut out, it's because this ran out. Um it might drop me, I don't know. Or you'll just be out into the Oh, there we go. <laughs> there, you can hear me okay now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're all right then. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, I need to start wrapping up. Um, yeah. But before doing that, I want to leave the floor open, the, the very virtual Zoom floor to... If there's anything else you want to add, anything else you want to say, uh, any thoughts that you haven't expressed, uh, anything that pops up, um, there's no need to, but I want to want to give the space and time for it. Just a big thank you to both of you. It's been such a dull bite, and I I don't know what I'm gonna do, not having. A calendar moment blocked off for number six. It's gonna. I'm not really thinking about it now, but I know that in in four or five weeks, I'll be thinking about that time. Yeah. That yeah, I've just enjoyed it so much. So thank you, Lena. It's it's wonderful, and thank you, Caspian, for coming and working with us today and keeping everything now producing such a wonderful um, cohort of conversations. It's been wonderful. 
much the Thank same. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's very, very happy that there was this serendipitous meeting and that I was a part of this. Um, and I was in that this was a part of uh, the cancer saga. And that yeah, yeah. Um, I think it will be a real treat um, to listen back to uh, the episodes that we recorded. Um, I already have listened back to them because I read the summaries, but I mean, I mean, in like a year, you know, after there's been some growth and stuff oh, yeah. and, and farther from it, uh, fr from this time. Um, and I'm, yeah, I just, I'm sure that there's going to be, you know, the mix of, of pride as well as, oh, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but For sure. uh, yeah but I, I yeah I'm just grateful for the for the experience and um, yeah it is it is inspiring in that it makes me want to create something like this as well because um, it seems like a really great way to meet great people and, and make friends so yeah it is it's the best um it is the best and I can just say thank you to to the two of you and also to Mendel uh, yeah for for being a part of this and Bella and Aslam, of course um it is it is it is a very large part of the, um, of my life these conversations take up a lot of my my time in a way that I enjoy I, I like that I like that I let them take space yeah. um, because they do give me so much and I I also love the aspect of the sort of the, the time capsule aspect of this, which I think is, is made even more. The context is, is, is greater because there's five. So it's not a one-time dip, you know, in a year's time. It's not a one-time. It's a five-time. You get to meet you over the course of five months. So you see yeah. what happened during those five months. So, so it's, it, there's some, there's something to the fact that it's not one-off conversations that, yeah. that really delight me, that for me brings um, extra nourishment. Uh, it's, it's, it, it does spice things up in a way that just a one-off thing, just, it can't. Because you don't, I mean, we, regardless if I've known you before or not, or how long I've known you before or not, during the course of five conversations, we do continue to develop the relationship. There's, there's, there's a learning, there's a, there's a, there's an interweaving of us that happens. So, so that just 
it can't be if it's a one-off. Um, yeah. So. And the format lends itself to that. The fact that it's a meandering conversation with no set topic beforehand. Because yeah. I have recorded some other podcast episodes, but I've, you know, kind of scripted what like i i I practiced before or i know what i'm going to say and so it's less i think of a genuine yeah snapshot yeah it's it's an edited photo it's not a uh it's not the real deal yeah 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 this is so thank you for for playing with me and with good luck by the way as you as I hope that the saga kind of softens like a storm and the next morning is just kind of dewy and quiet and all the trees were rustled and all the leaves are on the ground and a bunch of uh, shellfish were washed up on the shore, but you can kind of feel that the air has changed and calmed down so that you can move into the next chapter and that you feel like you've kind of crossed a boundary. And that might not be for another few months. It might not be until next year. Whenever that is, I hope it just kind of quietly ebbs and that you can really start to refocus your energies and feel kind of balanced again, you know? Thank you. Um, yeah. You, you, are, you are a very good writer. She is, isn't she? Uh, She's a lot just... Of, a lot of really great imagery conveys that feeling very well and i'm already on my way there um Good. there's the the cancer season is over and and it's now auto autoimmune season but that is yeah i i bet you that i will reach that that spot in the somewhere between one and two months so there's yeah there's yeah a course already and i also i wish you luck dealing with your autoimmune illness thank you and, yeah um, yeah fuck it's not if easy. you ever want to nerd out about about anti-inflammatory flu protocols just let me know and yeah i and drugs um the ham-fisted way that they are like well let's try plugging this pathway see if that works <laughs> i know <laughs> okay, that doesn't work we're gonna open up this pathway and plug this pathway and yeah yeah these cells in this part of your body and see if that what that does yeah 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 um, yeah it's I, a lot yeah anyway. but yeah I, I wish i wish the same for you and that you're able to find a new normal that is yeah Still peaceful enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's working hard to get there, isn't it? Seems counterintuitive to work hard for peace. Uh, <laughs> maybe then it's either about working hard or it's not peace. Um, no, that's but... that's something I'm learning over time. Peace is very expensive. P peace takes yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cheap. Peace is specialty food. No question. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank both. you so much. Marvelous.
Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. That's a wrap, folks. Season three of Tankespian with Helena Roth is now complete. Um, with this group conversation of me, Luke, Mandel, and Kate, uh, under the gentle anchoring of, of Caspian. I will be... I will not start the fourth season right away. It will come sometime in the new year. But I will continue to put out content. I will do what the first 50 or so episodes on this pod channel are. Uh, me reading from blog posts. Um... So I'm going to have some, I'm going to have a good time digging up and finding blog posts that I think might be of value that might provide some tankispian or open doors that you did not know existed. Who knows? Um, and I hope you stick around for that too. In the same way that I hope that, just as Luke phrased it at the end here, this is nourishing space, I hope it is for you too. So, stick around. There will be more nourishment to come. Thanks for tagging along in season three, and see you around. <laughs>